Welcome back to the podcast. Today I'm lucky enough to have with me a very special guest, Doreen Salon. Doreen, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Hello, um, my name is Doreen Salon. I am the Senior Project Officer for Community Engagement and Education at the Adult Safeguarding Unit, which sits in the Office for Aging Well at SA Health. Okay, so the Adult Safeguarding Unit, can you tell us what that actually is? Yeah, so the Adult Safeguarding Unit is a unit that was established under the Aging and Adult Safeguarding Act of 1995. It was established in um, 2019, and at that time, um, the remit of the unit is to respond to concerns of suspected or actual abuse of adults in South Australia. And that means when we say we respond to reports of suspected or actual abuse, we assess the report, we coordinate with organisations and individuals to understand the situation, and then we work with the adult to help reduce the risk or stop the abuse. Okay, so is this any adult or is there a specific age set? Um, in 2019, it was um, only for adults 65 years and older. And then the following year, um, adults with permanent disability were included. And then last year in October, um, fulfilling the remit of the Act, we now respond to all reports of adults of all ages. So where does most of the reports come from? Majority of the reports that come to the unit are about adults 65 years and over, although we cover now 18 and over. Yeah. Yeah. So what's, what's on offer if I suspect somebody's been abused? What, what can I do? So you can make a report to the unit or you can you can phone us or email us or make a report online. It doesn't have to be a report. Sometimes what people need is information and advice and it's free and confidential. So if you were concerned about someone, you can contact us via email, phone call or the online report form and then we will talk to you to find out more and go from there. Sometimes, for example, the concern is about a service provider Perhaps the quality of the service is, um, I guess, a, a concern. We will then refer you to the commissions that are in scope to help you. For example, the NDIS Quality and Safeguards Commission for NDIS providers. So to contact you, how would I find your phone number and your email address? Yes, so you can go on our website. Is the website safeguardingunit.com or...? Yeah, if you type Adult Safeguarding Unit on your search engine, it should come up. Or you can phone us, 1-800-372-310. And we're open 9 to 5 every day, except for weekends and public holidays. Yeah. When you get a report by a provider about a family member, can you do an investigation without permissions? That's a very good question. So... um, About 50% of the contacts made to the unit are actually from service providers. And when that happens, most of the time they would either call us or write an online report. And 
we don't do as much as investigation, but we assess the report, and that's under the legislation. That means gathering information. That could be talking to the people involved in that in the adult's life. That could be talking to the GP, asking for more information, other service providers that are involved, and really assessing what the full the I guess the fuller picture. Because sometimes we do get reports where. I think two parties might be accusing each other of mistreatment. And in that course of assessment, we might talk to the adult themselves and ask them for their opinion. I guess under legislation, we don't really need the person's consent. Is that, part, that is part of the assessment of report. However, we need the consent of the adult when we go into the safeguarding stage. You assess the report... And if you feel there's more investigation need, you don't need permission for that. Yes. So part of the assessment of the report is gathering information. Mm. And under legislation, we're able to do that. Sometimes you might ask a GP, for example, for their medical opinion or if they had any concerns. Um, We can ask relatives, um, other family members or friends who are... um, So what happens if the vulnerable adult themselves say, no, we don't want you to do this? We are a consent-based service. It's a very good question. Because we are a consent-based service, we will have to um, stop. Um, If there are concerns about their cognitive um, ability to make decisions for themselves, then it's a different matter. But about one in ten reports made to the unit, the adult denies that there's any concern to be worried about. Mm. Or sometimes another part of it is that they don't want our help. Um, and then we have to step away because that's their human right to deny um, help. Yeah, That must be very complex. But I can understand if, it's not if, when I become <laughs> an older person, even older than I am now, um, if it was a problem with one of my children... I may not want to tell anybody because I wouldn't want that contact to stop. Fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's one of the main points why, why people don't want help, not just from us, but from other services or family members and friends, because they want the abuse to stop, but they don't want the relationship to end. Um, and as you may know, a lot of people are isolated, socially isolated, and their main contact would be the person who might be causing harm to them. Um, it is my colleagues who are all social workers. They're the adult safeguarding practitioners. They're amazing at what they do. They're very passionate about what they do. And you can feel sometimes that, you know, they f- do feel sad for the adult because they can see that help would, would improve their quality of life, but they don't want that help because they don't want that relationship to end. You know, there's also sometimes shame in admitting that an abuse is occurring, or sometimes both the adult causing the mistreatment and the adult might be receiving the mistreatment. They don't understand that what is happening is abuse. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's seems to be in a nutshell the most complex part of it. Yes, um, it's never quite just easy to when you receive the report. You can't just say, okay, there's abuse or not. It really is understanding the adult's situation. It's complex. 
I think people's lives are complex and people's understanding of their situation can be complex. Um, there are other aspects of someone's life that might prohibit them from disclosing what is happening. We all have, I guess, a way to understand our situation and deal with it. Yeah. So if there was a f- physical abuse and you've done an investigation, but the vulnerable adult still says no, do you refer anywhere else? Do you go to the police or is it completely completely confidential and can't be passed on? Um, if we suspect that a criminal activity is going on, we will refer that matter to the police. Physical abuse is, um, although it's the most obvious type of abuse because you might see the um, evidence, um, actually the most common is psychological or emotional abuse. And in talking to the adult, sometimes they, de- they deny, you know, you might see some bruises. Um, and if they deny that any abuse is occurring and they don't want help, we really have to respect that. Um, sometimes too, um, we have to hold back the, I guess, the judgment. Because sometimes they, you know, they might just bruise easily mm. and they might have bumped their arm onto something hard. Um, yeah, it's easy to make this um, with physical activity. It's easy to make some, I guess, some conclusion mm. because there's evidence. But psychological abuse, having said that, um, most types of abuse are not just one. Usually, one and another. So, a financial abuse might come with psychological abuse, um, withholding um, time with grandchildren, for example. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we never say. I know in the code of practice we say investigate. Mm-hmm. We're trying to um, do um, not use that word. Is in the legislation, mm-hmm. but because people think we're the police. The truth is, people do think that what you do is come in and sort it out. Because I was having a conversation with a colleague just yesterday because I was saying that you were going to be on the podcast because I said, I don't think they do anything about it without permission. And they were like, yes, they do. They might be referring to gathering information. Yes. Because we we do have that information gathering powers. It's in the legislation and we're also part of the, you know, the government uh, collaboration to share information, understand the situation more. But we we are consent-based. And if there's no concerns about threat to life, um, you know, the emergency and criminality, we we have to respect their consent. Also, we're not an emergency or crisis situation. Service. Surely, how can you do anything if you don't identify who the abuser is? Most of the time, the, uh, the person um, allegedly causing the abuse or mistreatment um, has been identified by the person making the report. What we don't prove is criminality. Mm. That is the matter for the police. And we exist precisely because we are an alternative to the police. A lot of people, when they hear the word report, they think they'll be in trouble. And, and sometimes people just need more information or to be referred to organizations that can help them. Um the word investigation really is all about assessment and gathering information and understanding. As soon as it reaches uh, concerns for criminality, that is the matter for the police. So we have a very good relationship with the police. They refer matters to us and we refer matters to them. The 
the main role of the unit is to safeguard the adult. And really, when you talk about safeguarding, it is any any action that an individual or organization or a service provider does. So being friends with someone is safeguarding. And safeguarding is reducing the risk for um, of harm and abuse. And, you know, talking to someone, in fact, social connection is the most crucial safeguarding response. A lot of people we know are socially isolated. And the more eyes on the situation, the more chances that the concern will be raised with the family, with the larger network of that person's life, or with formal services like the Adult Safeguarding Unit. I mean, safeguarding, although the Adult Safeguarding Unit has a safeguarding terminology, we're definitely not the only safeguarding service provider. As I mentioned, safeguarding is any informal and formal response to help an adult um, live free from abuse. Um, there are so many services. Libraries are a safeguarding service provider. They, you know, they provide that safe space for someone to feel comfortable and maybe perhaps talk about what's going on in their life. But if you call the library the safeguarding reading unit, people probably wouldn't go to it. No, yeah, that's right. I mean, it's fair to say that because we're a new unit, not many people know about us. And I think the understanding of what safeguarding is, is still towards the, I guess, a formal safe service provider type. And in fact, some people think that we are like the police. Mm. You know, we can, like, we wear tactical gear. We we open people's doors and you know remove people and that's not that's not us um, most of the time we act with consent most of the time we are able to talk to people um under legislation we're able to visit people's homes unannounced do you think people let us in they do mm. yeah um if there's no risk to the person you know, the risk will be increased if we visited them. We do. Um, mm. We might coordinate with a support worker, for example, and visit them in their homes, understand their situation, maybe have an inkling whether they have cognitive impairment, for example. Um, yeah. So if, if you have the consent of the vulnerable person and you're working with them uh, in this situation... What is it that you practically do? Fantastic. Great question. For example, we might do a safeguarding plan. So that's to the plan to help reduce the risk for abuse. And that's with their consent. Always when we do, we move into a safeguarding stage, we need the adult's um, consent. It might be that they will have more formal support, maybe home care assistance, more eyes on the situation. They might ask us, there, there was a situation where they asked the unit to help them apply for intervention order to prevent the adult abusing them, to come near them. It could be that we'll work with different organizations to move them to an alternative accommodation if that's needed, or we help the adult complete an advanced care directive. Sometimes we also help people if there are no other organizations involved in that person's life 
We help complete a enduring power of attorney or guardianship order or, or an administrative order. So we apply to the South Australian Civil and Administrative Tribunal. So when you get involved in that way, do you have an amount of time you spend with a client or is it an infinite amount of time? Very good question. Um, definitely not an infinite amount of time. We are a short-term service. I mean, I know I mentioned that we respond to reports of abuse. What it really means is to help adults access the services that can help them live their lives free of abuse. And once the, those safeguards are in place then we close the case. And again, we go back to the, sa- the definition of what safeguarding is, and it's to reduce the risk, and it can be given by anyone. So we coordinate with a lot of people, a lot of conversations, a lot of discussions, and so to helping the adult. And so once all those supports are in place, and sometimes, you know, the support that they want is more visits from their family member. That's all they want. They don't want anything else. And what once that is in place, then we close the case. I can't tell you like a definitive time period, mm. but we are a short-term service because yeah. we don't case manage. I know, especially for older Australians, having someone that they trust means having one person. So you have a system where when there's a report, you've done the investigation, you allocate one person to you know be with that vulnerable person, seeing them through... Yeah, a very good. Yeah, good question. So when once a report comes in, it goes into a pool. It gets triaged for, um, to assess the urgency of the the report. And again, we are not a crisis unit. So if the matter is emerge- an emergency, we have to advise the person to call triple zero. But when a report comes, it gets assessed whether it's urgent. Um, high risk or medium risk, then it gets allocated to an adult safeguarding practitioner. So the the way the team works is um, we have a team that accept, um, sorry, receives the calls, assesses the reports that come in online, on and the emails, and then it gets to those reports, gets to a pool, gets assessed, triaged, and then it gets allocated to the adult safeguarding practitioner. And then they will just take the lead in assessing that report and working with their senior adult safeguarding practitioner to really understand what's the best course of action. Is a, um, my colleagues are all social workers. They have are fantastic in collaborating with other organizations. And organizations have a lot of understanding of what we do. And it really is like a team effort. Yes. 17 to 23 social workers in the uh, in the unit and last quarter we received about 701 contacts but 50% of that is for information and advice the other is are for reports we also get a lot of calls that come in that are really for the NDIS or the aged care commission or the health um, and community services commission and these are for concerns that relate to the quality and care of service providers. Mm. So we don't investigate service providers. Yeah. And is this service only available in South Australia? Yes, it's um, we're the first in Australia. Um, it's available in for South Australians. 
And but there's an elder abuse hotline that will refer people to the the state that can help them. Do you know the hotline number? The hotline number is one eight hundred Elder Help. That's one eight hundred three five three. Three seven four, and if you experience, witness, or suspect elder abuse, call this number, and it's free and confidential. And that's a national number. Yes, and they will refer you to the state that um, will address your concern. Aging doesn't mean abuse. <laughs> <laughs> it's a. I think uh, we're quite conscious at the Office for Aging well about ageism. Um, people think that once you're older. You know, you're more prone to abuse. It's, or you know, um, what makes you vulnerable to abuse is not your age. Mm. It is the circumstance around your life. Yeah. So if you're socially isolated and perhaps you have retired and you don't have the connections that you once did, or you're quite dependent on certain family members who might not have your best interest at heart, then that increases your um, vulnerability to abuse is same with it's not disability that makes you vulnerable to abuse it's perhaps a dependency on others to maybe take you out to the library or mm. you know give you some um, opportunities for social connection if i wanted to make a report would i need to have certain information at my fingertips Oh, yes, that would be lovely so that um, we have a great start to assessing the, the report that you will make. We would be very uh, grateful if you can provide the name of the adult, some identifying information, their date of birth or their approximate age, the contact details. Sometimes, you know, these things are not known, for example, a neighbor. But anything that can help us identify who the adult is, as much information as one can provide, um, it's a good start for us. Thank you so much, Doreen, for coming and sharing uh, such great information with us. This unit is definitely a jewel in the crown for South Australia. I hope that this helps to create uh, an information downdraft that everybody gets to know about you. Thank, thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate it. Um, we do appreciate it in, in the unit. I hope that I was able to explain the unit clearly. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. Really appreciate it. Thanks. I mean that sincerely. <laughs>